You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is uh, Rabbi Yoshev on the Parsha. Uh, and the Parsha says that Sarai Ishtacho lo tikro et Shema Sarai ki Shema. She had a new name. The Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, Dalit Varim Mekaring Zardino Shaloda. Sadoka, Saako, Shinu Yashem, and Shinu Maisa. And we talk about this, of course, during the Chuva period, during Elul, Aserisimei Chuva. And these are, in many ways, some of the things that are mentioned in, in the Piyut of Nasanatokef. One of the things, as you see, that's mentioned is Shinu Yashem. How do you know that Shina Hashem is able to rip up the Xayra against you? Because when Sarai gets her name changed, what happens? She's able to have a child. So you see that even though there was Xardin, so to speak, against Sarai, but against Sarah, there wasn't. So the name change was able to affect something and allow her to have a child, again, and the Xerah was sort of like sidestepped. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah says, some say, leaving your place can change it. Why? Because Avram also, according to the tradition, was an Akar. Avram wasn't able to have children, according to the Kabbalah. And the Ebenezer disagrees. Ebenezer says, hey, what do you mean? Avram couldn't have children. We see by we see by that he's able to father a child with Hogar. It was Sarai that was the problem. So he says, Look, I know Chazal say that neither of them could have children, but it seems like Avram was potent. Avram was did have the capability of having children. Um however, the Gemara Shoshana, be that the Ebenezer's uh a complaint. The, the Gemara Shoshana says that it could be that the reason why Avram was able to become a person who could have children, even with Agar, was because he left the place where he was. Going to a new place can sometimes make a difference, and I, I happen to know uh, a very chosh of a Talmud Chacham, uh, really uh, one of the, I don't want to say his name, but he was an extremely well-known Paisik in the Chesidish world, and he moved around, and he went to he went to a place. Um, uh, he wasn't part of that Fasidus, but he went there, and he was given a tremendous amount of COVID. Uh, he went to Skver, and he was living someplace else before. And part of it was to because he felt maybe if he went to a new place, that Shuni would change him. Um, the Rambam, interesting um, that. When the Rambam speaks about the idea of changing the name, he says, what does it mean you change your name? So you see that it's not that you actually change your name. You can have the exact same name. But basically you say to yourself and to others that you're someone different and that you're going to change and be different. That's what Shinoi Hashem means. That's how the Rambam takes this Gemara in Yuma, I'm sorry, and, and explains it. But the Gemara itself quotes Arpasik. So, 
which is interesting, is if she, you do get a new name. So it sounds like the Rambam himself um, learns the Gemara not necessarily Kipshutai. Rabbi Yosham asks another question. Why isn't, why when the Gemara, the Gemara learns it, that there's something specific about a name change, um, why doesn't it bring a riot from Avram? So again, this is the Ibn Ezra's point. Avram had, even before his name got changed, he was able to have a child. So the only proof, of course, would only be from Sarai, and it sounds like you actually do have a name change. Rabbi Yoshev connects this, of course, to the Nisan Tokef, where we say, Teshuvah Tefillah V'Tzedakah. Why don't we also say, moving out of town? Because that's the Yesh Omrim. But why doesn't it say, Teshuvah Tefillah V'Tzedakah, and say, Shini Hashem? So, um, so, because Tzedakah we learn out from, um, from, the Anshe Ninve. That's how you learn that 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 Sadaka uh, changes takes away the Xera from Anshe uh, Chuva takes away from Anshe Ninve. Um, why doesn't the why doesn't the Rambam uh, why doesn't the Python so Chuva is from a Pasik, Tfila is from a Pasik, and Sadaka is also from a Pasik. Why doesn't it talk about saying I'm a different person? So Yashiv says because um there's really no proof that there was Xar Din. By Ninveh, we know what it says. They were going to get killed. Uh, we know that, uh, that when Avram prays for Abimelech, there's a, a Kaddish Baruch who says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you Makos. And because of the Tefillah, things change. So we know that there was Xar Din. We know that Tefillah helped. Um, we know by Chizkiyo uh, that there was a, a Xare for him to die. And 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 Hakadosh Baruch Hu told Yeshaya because of his tefillas. So in all of these cases where we have proofs from Tanakh, we say Chuva Tefillah Tzdaka Shine Hashem, which is by Sarai. We don't know that there was Exardin. So therefore, that's one of the reasons why it doesn't get as much uh, publicity. Rabbi Yoshev was a Baki Otsam in all Midrashim. And we all, of course, are aware that there was ten Nisyonos. The Mishnah talks about the ten Nisyonos of Avram Avinu. Uh, Rabbi Yoshev quoted the following Medrash. Rabbi Levi Omer. Nisoyana Rishonk and Nisoyana Achram. The first one was like the last one. Why? Because it uses similar language. The Nasayin Arishain was to leave Achoron and to go to this land, Eretz Yisrael. What was the last Nasayin, according to Moshitis and the Medrash Tanachuma that Rabbi Yosheb quotes? Lech Lechol Eretz HaMoriah, which is where? Where he did the Akedah. Rabbi Yosheb says, how can anyone compare leaving and God, and again, it's not like Avram had it so good in Chorah, to a command to take your child to get killed. No one is saying that the first Nisoyen is a zero, but what does Reb Levi mean that it's like this, they have the same language. But can anybody ever compare 
Amakinu did the Vayakeda, where he took his beloved son, to, and he was about to kill him, to the Nisoyon of, of leaving. So, Rabbi Yoshev wanted to explain it based on uh, the Gemara and Sukkah. The Gemara and Sukkah says that in the future, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to bring the Yitzhara and shecht it. And the Tzadikim are going to see the Yitzhara is gone, Rishayim are going to see it gone. Um, the Tzadikim, when they see the 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 Yitzhara, they're going to see the Yitzhara like a mountain, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu, a giant big mountain, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu shatters. And when the Rishayim see it, what the image they're going to see is is something as thin as a strand of hair, and then there was going then it would be followed by by tears. The tzaddikim would cry and say, "How did we do it? That, that's what the Yitzhara was. We lived with it. We conquered it. I can't believe it was this giant, incredible mountain, an Everest." And the Rishoyim said, this is what we couldn't conquer. It's as it's, it's thin as a hair. That's the Gemara in Sukkah. Rabbi Yoshev says, the truth is, both are right. The Yitzhara starts off like a thin hair. As, because what does it say first? The Gemara in Shabbos, Rabbi Yoshev quoted, says, First he tells you to do something a little bit off, and then another little bit off, and then a little bit more, until he gets you to do Avodah And basically what happens is, is that from that little strand that you couldn't resist, it tries to create, it gets you there, and then there's more and more and more, and then he gets you from Avera to Avera. Obviously, Yoshev says the same thing works with mitzvahs. When you start doing mitzvah, um, they're not so hard. To be, the first time you start living a life of mitzvahs, I have to get up in the morning, I have to get up at 5.30 to make dominion, I have to, right, I have to do this to eat kosher. But once you start doing it, it doesn't, be, doesn't seem so difficult. But then you look back and you see, wow, I can't believe, look look at how much things I've done in my life. But someone who doesn't learn and someone who doesn't change, he looks at that first thing. Why, why, Why couldn't he do that? That was just a little bit of a strand to do. So when the tzaddikim see the Yetzir Hara, what they see is, in a sense, the mountain, the mountain that it could have become. They also see the mountain of what they were able to to create, the mountain of mitzvahs, the type of life that they were able to, 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 to push through. And it is a tremendous mountain. And the Rishayim see that we, they couldn't even move a little bit. And that's why they're crying, because that was just a small amount that they would have to have moved. So basically, if you think about it, the first thing that you do, the first commitment that you make, if you submit to it, that makes you, that begins your strength. 
So Avram Avinu, by the time he came to the Akedah, he was so strong that he didn't have to exert so much willpower to do it. He'd already become strong, this is Eliyashim's brilliance, from the first one. It's like any tzaddik. The first thing they do, okay, now they start waking up, now they start putting on tefillin on time, now they don't wear shotness, okay. And then it turns into acts of tremendous Messiah Rosh Nefesh and Sivkis and learning to all hours of the night. But the truth is, at every stage, the first step is very hard, and you get stronger, and you're able to do it. So by the time Avram Avinu gets to the last Nisoyon, the amount of willpower and energy it took wasn't really that much more than what it took for him to start his life in the That's what Chazal mean. And Chazal are not just teaching us about Avram, they're teaching us about ourselves. That the first thing that you do, it gives you the koach to resist and to stand strong for all the other Nisyonos. That's what Chazal mean when they say kolas kolas koshos. Because once you start that path, you're able to push it through, the rest builds up organically. So that is a, a I would say that you, you almost feel that Rebbe Yoshev is, is um, talking here uh, almost about himself, about the Madragas that he was able to reach. Let's do one more, a couple, uh, a couple more pieces here of Eliyashev on the parsha. Um, I mentioned the ten nisyonos that we just talked about. The Mishnah Ovos, when it describes those ten nisyonos, it says Avram was Omar Bekula. And what is it there to teach you? How much Avram Avinu was loved. Rabbi Yosha deals now with the question that everybody has. Why does God need to test someone? Um, God knows. So Rabbi Yosha admits these Nisyonos weren't necessary just to test Avram so Avram could show who he was. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew what Avram's potential was. He didn't need necessarily to have it happen actually. One of the things that it was necessary for the rest of the humanity, for the people who knew Avram was, we know in next week's, in, in, in Parshas Chayasara, um, the, 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 the people there uh, call Avram Avinu Nasi Elohim Everyone knows who he is. He's a very ah, ah, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. I didn't know that hurt you. Come here. All right. Yeah, yeah. I pushed off, and the dog got the dog got uh, crushed by the by the. By the... Yes, I'm oh, sorry. Let, let us see his learned face. Uh, oh, you see him now. I didn't know that. No, I can't raise him a little bit. I can't see him. I didn't know that she was behind me. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. This, I didn't know. I didn't know that she was behind me. Anyway, yeah, we we don't think you're all over dogs, ever. <laughs> anyway, I did not know. I did not know. She gave out a scream. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, when you're little like this, Moshe calls her a little rat, but she's not a rat. Anyway, 
So the um, <laughs> what's the reason why? What's the reason why um, the Nisyonos were there? Was also sorry, hurt. Yeah, the reason was was to be able to show the world was to show the world who Avram Avinu was, to show people that um, that he's an Amud Or, that people can learn from him. That's what that's what that's what the mission of us is saying. The Hodia for people in the world to know how great Avram was. So maybe they couldn't be exactly like Avram, but he was able to be, to increase his influence among people. Um, okay, I can't do what you do, but I, but we know what you've done. We know the things that happened to you. And Avram, because of his nature and because of the type of person he was, was able to use his reputation to to teach. In fact, um, there's a whole machlokas. What is the first nisoyo? I mentioned before uh, the the medrash tanfuma that says the first nisoyan was lech lecha. However, Yoshev is aware that it's a machlokas rishonim. Some say that the first nisoyon was the uh, was the uh, kivshana esh. And that is the, so it's really a machlokas, um, you know, in the Midrashim and in the Mepharshim. Where do we know that the Kivshna Eish was the Nisayon? Because it says, Vayomos Horan Alpenei Terach Oviv. What happened? So Chazal say, as we know, because Terach was the one who told on Avram to Nimrod. Because Avram had broken and he had made a whole big revolution. Because of that, he was sentenced to be thrown in the Kivshan Aish. The Medrash says that Horon, who was Avram's brother, was standing there. Hmm. They were about to kill his brother, and they took him as well. He was there. He says, hmm. If, they, if Avram is able to get out of the Kibshan Aish, I'll say I'm from Avram. If Avram dies, I'll say I'm from Nimrod. What happened? Avram went to the Kibshan Aish. They asked Haran who he was. He said, I'm part of him too. I'm with him. I'm part of the Avram team. Of course, what happened? They took him, they threw him into the Kibshan Aish. And of course he died. So he says, what do you see? You see, now, obviously Horan was not a tzaddik at all. But you see the same effect Avram had on his brother. He had on all people, Revel Yoshev says, that everybody else believed in Avodah Avram was basically one man against the world. So once Avram... Avinu said, you know, um, once Avram Avinu said, I'm against, I'm going to stand up, I have a God, that was enough to put something into Haran. Um, now, Haran was not tzaddik at all, but we need to say that Haran's children 
were actually taken care of by Avram, who were Haran's children. But one of them was Lot, of course. And the other, according to Chazal, is who? Sarai. Right? Sarai was Yiska, who was the daughter of Haran. So, Sarai Menu came from this person. Now, he's not a Lavan. He's not like Rivka, who was raised by a Russia. But he was a person who, it meant something. He was changed a little bit. Um, Rebel Yoshev ha- ha- added a certain point. He said, you know, um, it was, why didn't God, I mean, once true, he wasn't such a big tzaddik, but why did God let him die? Well, obviously, not everybody is right for an S. Rebel Yoshev quoted here, and unusually, Rebel Yoshev quoted the Kotzker Rebbe. Rebel Yoshev knows everything. So Rebel Yoshev quoted the uh, Rebel Yoshev quoted the Kotzker Rebbe. The Rebbe said, "When uh, the reason why Avram was saved and Haran wasn't is simple. Avram didn't expect to live. Avram said, God is more important to me than living. It's more important for me to prove that. And that's what Kiddush Hashem is. Therefore, when you throw yourself into the Kivshon Aish, and you expect to die, because you're saying God is the greatest thing that there can be. The Kedusha of the Rebona Shalom is the greatest thing. Then you can generate the schus of Mesiras Nevesh. But Haran felt, I'll live too. And that, therefore, that's not enough for, for Ines. We know that um, one thing that we learn in the Parsha is that Avram goes back to the place, places where he had been. He, we know Chazal learn out Avram's Midos, that Avram stayed at the same inns on the way in, on the, the hotels, whatever you want to call them, on the way in and out. Uh, I don't know what they were referred to in those days. I'm not sure if you'd call them a hotel or not. But uh, Avram made sure that, that he, he, he shored up the bonds. The Pasuk, however, says that even when he pitched his tent, it said he pitched his tent, Sir Yoshev pointed something out about this Pasuk. The truth is, place can change because of what you do there. If you're in a certain place, and that's a place for your davening, for your learning, a human being changes a place. And the fact that certain, something occurred on a certain day, in a certain place, in a certain time, and it was done by it was done by a human being human beings have the power to change the area around them the time around them and to turn them into something special that's especially true when it comes to us 
when, I, when it says, Avram, Vayelachum Ma'asov, Minegev, Abbeiseh, Varamokam, Asher Hoyusho Malo Batchilo, El Mokam HaMizbeach, Asher Osa Shom Berishona. What are we trying to point out? What we're trying to point out is, is that space had already been holy. Because Avram built the Mizbeach there. Avram preached about God there. Therefore, it becomes a holy spot. A human being can act in a way to take a piece of geography and turn it into something special. Um, and we know that many other belief systems have taken this from us. But that's why the Torah is emphasizing that Avram returned to the same spot. We have in uh, next week's parsha. it says that Avram went back to see about what was happening to Stone in the same place where he had been before. Why? Because Avram did something great when he davened for Stone. He, he not only did a mitzvah of tefillah, he did one of the greatest acts of selflessness and prayer that the, that the world has ever seen. And that spot doesn't have to be called a shul. It might have been a mountaintop. It might have been a place near a hill and an olive tree. But that spot becomes a place that others could come and daven. And that's why it's so important to have a Kriyas Mokal. Yes. A uh, question. Uh, in terms of uh, Kedushat Makom, we learned that Har Sinai did not retain its Kedusha after the revelation, after Jews left. So how does it apply in general? It's while a person doing mitzvah, it's, it's um, holy, uh, and then it goes away, or it stays, uh, how long does it stay? That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, I didn't even think of it. It's a great question. Dr. Kogan is saying, Part of, and we don't even know where Harsinai is. Now, we know that in Harsinai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sort of, in a sense, took the Kedusha away. Right? He took the Kedusha away of, by saying that everybody is allowed to go there afterwards. So it could be Harsinai is the exception. That's one answer. Again, you know, um, uh, Moshe is probably thinking, didn't he just say from the Chazanish that you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to just say if you don't, if you don't know something, just say you don't know. <laughs> so limud l'shon chalomer odea. That is a cloud that perhaps I should live by here and say I don't have a good answer. But I think there might, I, I think there might be an answer that's actually true. God, I think, is trying to teach us something special by not. Um, Attaching so much holiness to Har Sinai, despite what we know occurred there, um, and and that is, of course, that if 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 if, if Har Sinai retains its holiness, it's almost like you have a mecca complex where that's where we go to be from, that's where we go to to, and and, and we don't carry it uh, with us in other places. It's almost like um, other than Yerushalayim, the quote say the Shechina always stays. Right, right. So that that's okay, because the Shechina being there is different than saying, you know, this is the place where the mitzvah of Torah is. Uh-huh. Let me put it better. We have a tradition that the world was created from where the Kodesh HaKadoshim is, right? We right. say that that's where the world starts. 
there's yes. a Kabbalistic idea that that uh-huh. was the, the moment where everything extends out. Harsina is the place where God speaks to the masses of humanity and, 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 and gives Torah over. It would be dangerous in a way for, for the Kedusha to still reside there. Because that would somehow say that the responsibility of Torah is somehow dependent on a spot or a place. And I think that that, that might be one of the reasons why. There's a, a, similar, a similar approach is used to explain why Shavuos is not celebrated in the Torah as the Yom Matan Torah, right? Even though we say Zman Matan Torah Seinu, um, we don't really, the Torah never says that openly, that that's the reason why we have this holiday. And and there's a whole debate, even in the Gemara, what day exactly the Torah was given. But then I have a thing. Let's say in Medjibosh, Baal Shem Tov is buried, right? He's kever. So I understand he's maybe his body or whatever, he still carries the Kedusha, or a, or it can be just transferred the body, you know, to Yerushalayim. I'm just giving an example and no problem okay. Okay, what I would say, uh, what I would say is, is that this lesson that Rabbi Yoshev is teaching us is a lesson on a personal level uh-huh. about places that you do and things that you accomplish, and that would be my second answer. My second answer is, is that Matan Torah was was it was it was the was the community, and whether they worked on themselves in the forty nine days or not. Right, right. It was it was God's immutable will that this should happen, whereas Avramavinu here was an accomplisher, right? Avramavinu yeah. was an accomplisher here. He accomplished. Yeah. He worked. He 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 proved that 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 humans can do something and change something. Right. The fact was that God told them at Harsinai, "You've got to take the Torah. I'm going to destroy the world otherwise. The Torah has to happen." So. That's a lot different, I think, than the than, than than places where you have made a difference, places in your life that that mean something because this is where you are Oliver Hashem, places where a room that you dedicate. Look, I might have to move out of here, but you know, uh, you know, I, it's it's it's, it's going to be hard for me to 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 say uh, the guy that lives up there on the third floor has parties in the place where I gave shiurim or where we learned Torah. There's something about Kedusha Samokom that's connected to the actions of human beings and willful actions that they decided to take. I think that's really the point Rebel Yoshev is, is making. Um, the, um, and you can see he actually, um, uh, there's a, 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 um, a safer called Lukute Anche Shame. Again, Rabbi Yoshev knew all these svarim. I don't even know this sefer at all, but it says that one of the Gaonim writes, Again, exactly what I just talked about: a house with many rooms. He says that was the room I, I picked. And I enjoyed it, even though there was noise there. There was uh, it was right by the street. Then, when I did some research, I found out that I wasn't the first rov to live in this house. That there was a certain god who had been here years before, and this was the room that he learned. 
So again, human beings, even though it wasn't that person, it, it can change something. It can mean something. Um, and that's why the Gemara in Sota says that what does chain mean? We always talk about this idea of chain. A place has chain. Normally, when we say a girl has chain, it usually means, I don't know if many of you are familiar with that, when we say that a girl has chain, we say it usually means that, uh, you know, she's probably not the best looking, but uh, she's got a lot of chain. Um, the Gemara says that. Chain isha al baila afapishi eina afapishi Chain mokam al yoshva afapishu mechuer. There's people who believe cities are great. You know, we have Mr. Sutker here, and he, he lives in Chicago for many, many years. So they say a story that once uh, Andre Previn, who was a Jewish uh, composer, uh, who was a, a very famous composer in Hollywood and, of course, other places as well. He, um, so they brought him to Chicago once, and he was on the train, and the people in the city would, were on the train with them, and they said, isn't this city so beautiful? He said, no. He says, this is like a typical big industrial city. He says, you know, and, and Andre Previn said, that just goes to show you, everybody believes their town is beautiful because of what they put into it. Rebbe Yoshev says, that's not just what Chazal means, that everybody gusses up their town, even though on an objective level, it's nothing. If you became something in that town, then it has something special to you. There's a chen ruchni that it has. And that's what it means so much. Um, in Volkemir, uh, there was a, a certain Jew who was in Avelis. And because of that, we know the minig is when you're in Avel, you dive in a different spot. So he changed his spot. And it wasn't just for the weekdays, for Rosh Hashanah as well. And he was ended up davening that spot. His davening was greater than it ever had been. And then he found out, once again, that the spot that he was sitting in was what? A spot where the Vilna Gon had been. People knew that the Vilna Gon, of course, um, spent a number of years, I'm not sure exactly how long, in Golis. Now, this was a man who did everything just to learn. For some reason, the Gon accepted upon himself, and it's a very famous story that happens to be true, that the Gon traveled around. You know, we have this idea that the Gon spent so many years, the last 40 years of his life, he hardly left his little vinkel. He was like in lockdown, learning Kabbalah. But when he was younger, the Gon actually was known to have gone to a number of cities in Lithuania. Pravin Golis. Pravin Golis, right? Yep, yep. And there's all questions about why the Vilna Gon did this. But afterwards, when people realized who he was, they remembered where he had sat. And that happened to be the same spot where this person was. And then he said that somehow this was the spot of the going himself. And um, so 
you can see again that again it might it might sound overly romantic to you, but it, that's one of the limudim that we get to this parsha. Um, just to deal with Dr. Kogan's question, Rabbi Yoshev himself deals with it. The Pusik says, though, we might not know where Harsinai is, but we're never supposed to forget the day we stood in front of Hashem and Harsinai. Yom asher Hashem That day, we're not supposed to forget, even though I mentioned that we're not sure exactly whether it's the 5th, the 6th, the 7th of Sivan. So, um, from there you see, Rebbe Yoshev says, that Zvan makes a difference. Um, and Rebbe Yoshev has a lot of proofs that similar things happen to us. That's why Erev Shvuas, the halacha is, you're not supposed to take, uh, you're not supposed to go and get uh, certain medical treatments, operations, because the, 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 the shade that was released uh, right before Matan Torah is still in the air. So it's interesting, just to deal with Dr. Kogan's question again, that it sounds like when it comes to Shavuos, we might not know when, where it is, but there's something about the when it is. And the when it is, is something that we do somehow sense the Kedusha of. Um, and, we, and we have a connection to it. It could be, and again, this might just be uh, shooting from the hip. The place that was chosen, the Jews had no hand in it. But the work that they did on themselves during the 49 days, in other words, the time period, especially Moshe Rabbein was adding an extra day, that was human action. In other words, the day that it occurred was something that we contributed. The place, perhaps, was something that, yeah, you know, that was going to happen. But getting ourselves ready for that, that's more in terms of the day. Maybe. All of these are not such great answers. The question is very good. If Rebel Yoshev was alive, I'm sure Rebel Yoshev, and he is alive, obviously, in terms of who he is. Uh, and I'm sure, Rebel, I hope Rebel Yoshev is getting Hano, that we're being mamik in his Torah. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.